Welcome to 24 Karat Conversations with Phyllis and Rhonda, where two best friends decided to start a podcast on real women, real friendships, and real issues. Our mission Bible verse is Job 23.10. Yet he knows the way I have taken, and when he has tested me, I will emerge as pure gold. We want to encourage, inspire, and offer hope in a world where life can seem to be unrealistic. Be a support for you to cheer you on as a wife, mother, daughter, sister, and friend. Most of all, you get to relax and laugh with us about all things women. Plus, we like all things sparkly. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Hello, 24 Carat Tribe. Welcome back. Hey, peeps. So we are excited. I am. I'm really excited to interview this guest today. Her name is Cecilia Rubio. So I love it when God just brings connections. And I feel like with this podcast, that's all we do. We end up like going, how did that happen? How did that happen? (laughs) I met Cecilia from a really good friend of mine that I work with in the insurance industry. And I had a pre-call with Cecilia. And as we began to, to talk, I found out that we are both under the same publisher, Trilogy Books, which how random is that, right? Coincidence. Right? <laughs> Cecilia wrote a book called Born With Purpose. And we're going to talk about that today, but we're also going to talk to her a little bit about her story. And she lost her brother when she... he. She was 15 years old. And so we want you to share about that today and then also about your Born With Purpose book. So welcome, Cecilia. We're so happy to have you on. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Honored. I am so excited for this opportunity. This is actually my first podcast interview. Oh, we have, we did, that happens a lot. I feel so honored. Yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. So tell us a little bit about your story. And I'm sure losing your brother at 15 was a super pivotal part of your journey. Um, so tell us a little bit, one about you and then about that, that journey. So I would say um, I'm a PK kid. You know this, so we shared Woo-hoo. this a little bit. But, um, I was raised in church. My mother likes to say, you were born on a Monday and in service on Thursday. Um, <laughs> and so being raised, um, I'm second generation. My mother came out of um, a Catholic background. And um, one of the things she said is, as we were growing up, she always just would tell us, you need to develop your own relationship with the father. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just learning to hear Holy Spirit tap, you know, like waiting, hearing, listening, being obedient. And so she started teaching us that from a young age. And I would say that that has really been the foundation of who I am since a young child, um, growing up, even, you know, uh, coming into adulthood, every role position I've ever had, the Lord has showed me before I've been offered positions. I've never applied for jobs. They always come. He shows me and they come and he tells me how they're going to come. And that's, um, you know, I tell my mommy like that, that teaching a child to hear and listen and then be obedient. Um, then, you know, those doors don't close Mm because what doors he opens, no man can shut. Yeah. Amen. So, um, you know, with that, it's, Coming into, you know, like you said, I lost my brother at 15. I think the foundation that we build for our kids is so key because at 15, when I lost my brother, um, I mean, it's like yesterday, you know, you can close your eyes and you can replay this thing in your head where, you know, um, we're leaving in the car to take my sister's boyfriend home, who's two years older than I am. And um, we actually saw a police officer come in 
to park in front of our home. And we just thought, wow, this is really interesting. We don't get police in this neighborhood. (laughs) Like, you know, um, we were in a new development and, uh, we left when we came back, there were cars from family members at our house. My dad had been home by himself. And earlier that day, um, I was supposed to go to San Jose with my brother for his birthday. Um, and he was going to drop me in Livermore. And then I would join him, uh, the next day, uh, that morning, as he drove me to school, he said, Oh, see, I'm not going to be able to take you today. He's like something just inside me is telling me that you shouldn't be with me. And, um, you know, I just, I always play that back because if we're hearing and we're obedient, I really feel like he saved my life. Um, and you know, when we walked in that night and we opened that door and I could see my dad sitting on the staircase, I said, something happened. And I, I was just like, you know, like what's happening and I saw my dad holding my brother's wallet and um, he said, the police officer that came was here to tell us that your brother had been in a bad accident. Mm -hmm. And, um, and unfortunately he didn't make it. Mm -hmm. And at that point it's, you know, my two sisters, my mom were walking in from laughing, having a great time, dropping off her boyfriend. And um, in that moment, when I heard this news, I was one shocked, but the first thing that I really heard was finally be strong in the Lord. Mm-hmm. That was instant. It was playing over and over and over and over and over in my, in my spirit. I just, I kept going, okay, okay. okay. Like, how do I do this? I'm 15 years old. I, this is nothing I've ever experienced. And we're taught that we're praying a hedge of protection and we're praying the blood of Jesus and angels on assignment. And we pay this over our family every single day of our life. This is something we've been raised to do and we've never experienced this. And so, you know, it's, it's like this experience was life-changing. My sister shut down. My mom screamed, ran out of the house, ran four blocks to her sister's house. Um, and my dad was like, we, you know, we, we just, we need to pray. Um, you know, that, we've never been through this. He said, so what are we going to do right now? He goes, we're going to put worship music on and we're just going to see what God's going to do through this because we don't know. We've never been through this. And as my aunt brought my mom home, we just sat and we cried and we began to just worship and worship and worship. And that night my dad was like, I'm going to raise your brother from the dead. I'm going to believe God. I'm like Lazarus. Mm -hmm. If I see his physical body, I'm going to bring him back. He said, because this is elementary teaching. The Bible tells us. (laughs) So my faith is bigger. So he called the the morgue and they had um, taken him to Alameda County where you can't view, you can't view the physical body. And he said, and he prayed that night. He said, God, if this is, if this is it, I won't be able to see him. Wow. And they let him, they had him identify him through pictures. Can I just stop you right there? Which is so interesting because we find this a lot in, you know, within the church, right? Like 
we expect, we, I, I've said this so many times, I probably sound like a broken record, but we expect because we did all the right things that we should have no harm, right? That we shouldn't yeah. suffer. And I always laugh because I'm like, if we're truly reading the Bible, like, have we read any, any text in the Bible where somebody has not had to go through a desert, hasn't lost all their belongings? Like, and I think that it's just, it's such a misconception that life is going to be easy. And that is my passion is just letting other Christian people know, young people know that it doesn't matter. doesn't matter who you are. There is no respecter of persons when it comes to the world that we live in because we're in a broken fallen world. And also it doesn't mean you're bad because something (laughs) happens. It means that you're living a life. (laughs) Yeah. You take the good with the bad. And for me, not growing up a PK kid, <laughs> um, I I didn't think of those things because it was I was all self, you know, it was all about me and like survival and that kind of thing. Yeah. And um, and I feel like, you know, there is that I, I listen to a lot of these interviews with a lot of PK kids. And I've heard, you know, Rhonda's story, too, of like we were supposed to be the chosen ones and. But within that, you know, it's like Rhonda, the perfect example is Rhonda's favorite verses from Job and Job was a good man and Job lost everything. And it doesn't mean that he was horrible. It, it means that for me, it's like we sort of have to go through those low, low, low moments in order to know the joy. Mm-hmm. Because I think if our life, if, especially for you guys, if your life was just coasting along the whole time you would judge everyone else and say, well, you guys are all sinners. We're really good because nothing bad ever happens to us. And, you know, the, the point is, is that where does your faith come from when the bad things happen that have nothing to do with what you did or didn't do? It's just life circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. I think that's one of the things that really, you know, God really carried us through. It's like this moment happened, you know, in our life and, you know, you don't get over it, but you learn to live with it. And Mm -hmm. my mother did such, I tell her all the time, like you did such an amazing job, like as a mother, which isn't just a job, it's like your life. But like I told her, you kept us going. You kept us in the word. We prayed Mm -hmm. every day. We woke up every day as a family. You got us out of bed. You said, we're Mm going to pray. We're going to share our feelings and we're going to talk about things. So good. If you don't want to talk, you can write it out. Mm -hmm. And if you can't talk, you can cry it out, but you Mm -hmm. are going to go, we're going to grieve and we're going to grieve individually how we need to, to continue Mm -hmm. to go on. She's like, because we're not stopping. We have purpose. We have people that need to be reached. Only we can touch. Mm-hmm. Only we are going to come into our, you know, into our, 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 our sphere of influence. And from there, it was like, boom. And I mean, I mean, you flash forward to where we are today. Well, everybody's in ministry. Everybody's, you know, uh, leading something, helping people. And it's, it's like, I'm so glad I had parents that said, you know, Okay. My dad used to say that, you know, Job is a great example. He didn't stop. He didn't let his friends come in and tell him, Oh, why did this happen to you? Well, what did you do? You know, it was, you know what? My God is good. My God is big. And you know what? This is where, this is where life brought us today, but it's not where we're finished. This is just a moment and we're going to keep going. 
I love um, that so much. And I love that you said, you know, that, that they allowed that space to grieve. Uh, and I think a lot of times we want to rush through it or just not feel it, but you know, it really is important to embrace it. And that doesn't ever go away. I mean, both Phyllis and I have lost children and, and those things, like for a long time, I felt like, oh, I need to be like healed, like done with grieving, but it, that doesn't ever happen. That you will always miss your brother. And that is such a beautiful story. And to hear, you know, that you guys have empathy for other families that are going through something similar, like, you know, it's true. Like when you've gone through something, your amount of empathy that you have for someone that has endured the same thing just grows as long as you are, you know, as long as you've worked on to heal it, like your empathy is big. So Oh my goodness, that that thank you for so much, first of all, for sharing that's that story with us. That is um beautiful. Um, so I want to ask you about your book, Born with Purpose. And when we talked initially, it's kind of about having tough conversations with the kids before the teen years. And I think this is I'm excited to talk about this because. I think this is something we don't do well in church. So um, tell us a little bit about what drove you to write this book and like what kind of age range it's for. So this book, I would say age group, really my idea was, Lord, um, I want to reach literally like infant to, you know, 12 because I feel like that's an age group that we just assume they're getting all the good stuff from Sunday school and um, they come home. A lot of times I find that parents don't really ask their kids what they're learning. And when I ask as a teacher, because I teach Sunday school at those, you know, different age groups, I tell them, tell me what you're doing at home. How is your prayer life? Tell me, you know, these things. And they're like, we don't pray at home. Uh, you know, like there's certain, we don't talk about scriptures, you know, all these things. And so that to me, I just started praying and I said, God, I have a grievance in my spirit for this because I feel like that's our responsibility as a parent. He tells us to train a child in the way they should go. And when they're older, they're not going to depart from it. But if we're not training and equipping them and leaving it to a Sunday service, you know, or a Sunday school teacher, that's not enough time. That is not enough time. And so, um, Holy Spirit woke me up. I usually wake up at three every night and pray, but I woke up that night and I felt like the Lord was just saying, you know, there needs to be someone that writes a book that catches them young, that tells them who they are, their identity from the birth, from before even birth, right? He says that we were known before the foundations of the earth and letting them know that they were such a thought that it wasn't, you know, um, post-birth where they're like, oh, let, let, let's try to figure out how we can clean this one up. <laughs> but it was like, you were amazing when you were a thought. You know, you were male, you were female, you were this, you know, and all these things that right now parents don't want to talk about because they maybe don't fit into a group if they say certain things. And, um, so I told God, okay, I'll only do it if you just give me the word. Cause I actually don't want my words. I just want your words. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so that night he began to give me scripture and throughout the week, I would write down the scripture as he would give it to me. And I'd look it up and I'd start reading it and I'd say, okay. Okay. You know, and how do I format this into a children's book? And so that's how born with purpose was birth. And, um, one of the first people that I let read it wasn't my husband. It was actually my sister's boyfriend who had no background in any religion. And 
he read it and he was like, Cecilia, I don't even think this is a children's book. I think this is a new believers book. Like, I think like as me going to service and sitting through service and you telling me like, he's like, I was like, wow, I'm so much more than I've been carrying. And I thought you're in your thirties and you feel this way. And how much more, if we begin to tell our children, you know, that they have, like tell my son all the time, you know, you're strong. You can do, you can do anything that you, you, you want. God says he gives you the ability. He gives you the ability to work, to produce wealth, all these different things. And I just feel like those are conversations that people aren't having with their kids. They're waiting until they're getting a job or, you know, they're 16 years old. And so that's why born with purpose is like key. And it puts a declaration in there. Cause right. If you declare a thing, it shall come to pass. And so that was really the entire idea is that as they read the word, it's going to become who they are, um, you know? And so it's going to be, it's going to bring life back to, to any child. And so I read it to my kids and I am, you know, we've been gifting this book out a couple of people, you know, that have purchased it. They've gifted out for Easter and things like that. And, um, just the feedback that we've been getting, like, you know, someone said that their little child was like, wow. So like, before I was born, did you know I was going to be a boy? Like, absolutely. I knew, you know, that's what the sonogram's for. And, um, you know, just like simple conversation that we're not having with our kids because either they're on an iPad, they're on this, but getting just back to the word of God, let's raise our children to know who they are in Christ. And if you say that you're, that's what you want, then begin to model it. It starts in the home and we can't expect anyone else to do the job. Yeah, it's true. So I have a question. Um, because you, you say born with purpose. So have you had to have hard conversations with anyone who says that they don't know what their purpose is or they don't, they're not sure if they're, cause you know, we're in a culture of like, people are saying they don't know who they are, or what they are, or, you know, they've decided halfway through that that's going to change. And so how would you have those conversations with people who are struggling with that? Yeah. So that's a good question. When I met, and I'll share it here. I already talked to her, but when I met my sister-in-law, um, she was straight. And, um, as soon as I met her, when I'm super observant, kind of drives my husband crazy, but, um, I go, you love that about me. Um, (laughs) We're the same. (laughs) But when I met him and then he introduced me to his family, I quickly said, look at the people that your sister's hanging around with. Because one of them was saying she didn't know who she was. And then one of the guys was saying, I don't know who I am. And she was straight and she had a boyfriend and she was in high school. And I said, we are who we hang out with. And I said, spiritually, if that's who we're hanging around with and we have open doors, they tend to latch on to us. And he wasn't a believer when I met him. Um, he And so when I met her and then she, as we got, you know, we've been together now 10 years. She eventually senior year came out and said that she was, um, a lesbian. And she said, you know, um, I definitely wasn't born this way. It's definitely a choice that I've made. And what does God tell, what does God say about me? That was her question to me is, Mm -hmm. am I counted out? Does that just mean like, 
I have no purpose now. And because his word says that you're born male and female, I said, well, what do you believe you were born in? She said, I believe I'm female. I said, okay. I said, so you have purpose. Hmm. You're a female. You're a female. You believe you're a female. I said, and even if you didn't believe, I tell people all the time, science is science. I said, and it continues to prove that God is real. You look at anyone that's tried to prove God not real scientifically. I mean, ancient aliens. I mean, when you look at all these things, you know, and they just continue to prove that Garden of Eden was real. Uh, The death of Jesus was real, you know, and I tell her, so the fact that you were born a woman is fact and you have purpose. I said, regardless of how you feel today, that you are attracted to a woman. Nicolette has purpose. Before you were born, God was like, that seed better make it in because it has purpose. And when you're born, you are going to have influence and people are going to be drawn to you because your name has meaning and your name is to shine light and it's to bring forth so much. I said, so if you just break down your name, meaning I said, you have purpose. And you said, what happens is the enemy comes in and says, because right now you made this choice, Mm. which is a choice. I said, you Mm -hmm. agreed. You're, you're choosing, but this is the beautiful thing about relationship with God is he allows you to have op- the option. Yeah. I said, so you made a choice mm-hmm. to pick a different design and purpose that he had for you. Mm-hmm. So I said, if you read his word, he says he has plans for you to be prosperous, successful, have a wonderful future. I said, and then what does the enemy tell us? He comes to kill, still, and destroy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how do you feel your life is going right now? Would you say that you're being prosperous and successful? Or do you feel like a little confused and un- not understood and alone? And she's like, I said, so to me, I would say, ask, ask God to show you yeah. who he designed you to be. Yeah. You know? and she's That's really good. Like I'm, She's no longer dating women and she started dating a guy about a year and a half ago and the Lord woke me up and I told my husband this sounds so crazy but I had a dream your sister got pregnant and had a baby and he's like that would never happen like you know that would never happen and I said that's my dream and I'm just sharing it. So if it happens, you're in on it, right? I told them. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. So we prayed. She went to church. She came to a service that we had, had an experience, started dating this gentleman. And uh, she's in her last trimester of pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, she's trying to work things out with this gentleman. And uh, I told her, I go, now, how do you feel about purpose? Cause you're carrying it. Yeah. And she's like, every dumb decision, every procrastinated thing I've done, I feel it now. She's like, and I want her to know that she's, she is a female and that she has so much purpose. She's going to have so much influence. And she's, so now she's like, you know, um, posting about like fighting against LGBTQ, uh, (laughs) fighting against all this stuff, you know? And it's just funny because I told her, I go, it's weird how things happen in life, but it brings us back to the truth. Right. I said, and you feel, I said, you know, would you say you feel that God's revealed some things to you, um, through your experience? And she's like, absolutely. Absolutely. 
I think Phyllis and I are both very big proponents and like, it is not our job to be fixing people. Yeah. You know, that is God's job. And so I think like sometimes we like to get on the bandwagon of like, well, they need to do it this way because this is what God says. And it's like, hold up a minute, just hold up one second, let God do his work. And, you know, telling somebody that they were born with purpose is what they may just need to hear, you know, and Mm -hmm. there's so much background between, you know, with, with LGBTQ community, TQ community, you know, there's a lot of background in it. And so it's like to disregard them completely would be horrible because I don't believe that that's what Jesus would want us to do. You know, Mm -hmm. Jesus wants us to love them, to love on them and let him figure that part out. Like that is not our job. And so I have so many family members who are, you know, in that community and I love them. And to be quite honest with you, some of them have much better hearts than Christian people. Like if I'm going to be really honest, like some of these Christian people got ugly hearts and I have a couple cousins that they are the most amazing people I know. So, you know, I appreciate that honest perspective on this. I really do. I think just, yeah, like letting them know they still have purpose. I, I really, that's what I wanted to get out of you is, um, you know, people aren't throwaways just because they don't look like us or act like us or believe in the same thing as us. The point is, is that, you know, Jesus hung out with lepers. He hung out with the Samaritan woman. He hung out with people that most people wouldn't hang out with. And he didn't judge them for that. He just asked good questions. Mm-hmm. I love because it's like, that was a great question to say, well, what do you think your purpose is? Because if your purpose is good and you're, you look different and you have a different lifestyle than me, like that's your, that's your thing to figure out, you know, like that's between you and God. Like, I don't need to judge that. I'm not judging jury of your life, but you know, to really, um, ask those questions, if they're happy, really, like, are you, do you feel your life has purpose? Because if they are struggling with that and they're in that kind of community where they're, they're still struggling with that, maybe that's not the answer. So it's not being against or for, it's just saying like asking the right questions, which I think is such a great, I love that question. Like, what do you feel like you have purpose? Because every person should have purpose. You know, we're not, God didn't just throw us in here in a mix and just let us fly. Right. He has a purpose for each of us through our walks. And some of these people, some people have to go through different walks than others. And um, some that we'll never understand. Yeah. And identity is such a, I think, you know, the target that you're hitting the, the under 12, right. It's right. Yeah. You're switching into puberty. And I think, you know, there's so much identity issues and so yeah. many, you know, labels that are put on them. And there's a lot of really, like we kind of discount those younger years as being, those are super formative years. I mean, after the age of like four, where you really, really remember, I think, I, I think I read that like four is that age where you kind of start to remember things from, you know, four to 12. I mean, oh my gosh, like think about you at four to 12. Like it was pretty crazy between those ages. And a lot of trauma that happened between four and 12. So I will share with you guys really quickly, not um, releasing any names or identities or anything. I had a conversation with a mom just uh, last, uh, it's been a few months um, and we updated this week, but uh, she 
said, you know, this is a good conversation because of COVID and the kids being at home and being on their computers a lot and watching like all kinds of shows. Um, her daughter, who's 12, came to her one day and she had been watching a particular show on Netflix. And there was a lot of um, lesbianism and, you know, um, different situate, a lot of sexual things going on in this show. And she came up to her mom and she looked very despondent and distressed. And she kind of had tears in her eyes and said, I think I'm lesbian. And, you know, the mom was like, she's so good because she didn't flip out. She was inside, but she didn't flip out. And she she said, you know, why do you think that? And so they had this conversation. So she was telling me this. And I said, you know, it's funny because I said, is your daughter sexual? And she goes, no. And I said, then how could she even know that? You know, because it's a whole different thing to see it on a program and then be it. Yeah we kind of had this conversation of identity, right. And purpose. And, um, and she said, you know, she was very depressed and she was, she said that, um, the girls at school, even cause they were online school, she wasn't making connections with anyone, just all these things. Well, then fast forward, the girl is back in school. She joined dance. She is now trying out for track. Her mom goes, who is she? You know, she became, uh, she got a crush on a boy. <laughs> Yeah. And she is completely different person. So it was a lesson for me to, to think of like how this generation is really getting bombarded with all these different ideas of what they think they're supposed to be identity purpose, that kind of thing. And so I love that you're saying, you know, really is the parent. Cause I told her maybe she shouldn't be watching that show. It might be too much for her. It's confusing, you know, like, there, you can have limits. And she goes, well, it's really hard because they have the computers and they have, and I go, no, it's really not. It's not. I know. I understand it's hard. I get it. I'm an old lady, but I said, you know, we didn't have TVs in our kids' rooms and we didn't have computers. We brought them downstairs because we wanted our kids to be with us there, there, you could still control that. Like, I understand you have online school. I understand you have, but you can, you still can, at the end of the day, pull those things out and not let them be by themselves in it, in front of something that maybe their eyes and their mind shouldn't be looking at. So it was a lesson in that to really see, uh, you need that connection with people. You need those experiences in person. I feel like this generation is getting really screwed up with like being in a room with a computer or with a TV and seeing things that their little eyes and little minds shouldn't be thinking of. And it was really scary for her. So she was like, her heart felt happy because her daughter was like joyous again. She was like telling them she loved them. And and before she was just like, I hate my life. I want to die. Yeah. And I think it's so good that her mom responded the way she did. You know, one of the things I think back on, and I just shared this with my mom a couple of days ago, I said, do you remember when I was about five years old? And I told you that I wanted to be a boy. Mm-hmm. And she and she was like, I do. She's like, and I go, and do you remember your response? And I said, you literally sat with me and said, just because you like to do boy things doesn't mean that you have to be a boy to do those things. Mm-hmm. It was very tomboyish as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, it's like, 
for the longest time, my parents let me walk around without a shirt because I saw my brother doing it because we're three years yeah. old, you know, yeah. and I would do muscles with my brother and flex for him and flex for, you know, my sister. And, um, and even I remember just thinking like, you know, I look like my dad. I asked my mom, am I going to get a beard? Cause I look like dad, you know, like just like so many questions that kids have. And some people will be like, Oh, yep. They're a boy, you know? And my mom just was so easy to talk to where she would just say, you know, just because you want to do those things or yeah. whatever, doesn't mean anything. You're right. growing up. You're, you're learning. You're so much. You're starting yes. to notice that your brother's a little bit different and your sister right. looks a little bit different. And, um, I have my oldest sister's 12 years older than I am. And I remember just her going through, you know, her puberty and everything. And I used to be like, mom, I want to be a boy. Cause I don't want to have anything on my chest. You know, like I just, I'm so scared. Does that hurt? You know, like, and just honest, innocent conversations that she was having with her child yeah. and just telling me like, it's puberty. It, you know, yeah. these happen. and, you know, as I grew up, I realized that a lot of people don't have parents that will just talk to them about yeah. the basic life growing things. You know, your body's changing, your mind is maturing. And, you know, I think I told my mom, if anything with like born with purpose, you know, if anything, I hope this opens conversation with parents, yeah. with their children, that their kids have enough trust in them to say, I feel a certain way today, but man, I hope you don't like push me this way because today I feel this way, you know? And my mom's like, yeah, she goes, look how much, you know, how long you were a tomboy for. I'm like, yeah, I had no interest in boys. I was beating up boys in my neighborhood, you know, playing basketball. And I didn't even like get interested in my, like my first boyfriend was my freshman year. You, now you got leopard nails. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, my mom laughs and I tell her, I go, man, you know, as I grew up, people would talk to my friends would talk to my mom because they didn't have anyone to talk to. Like, mm -hmm. I'm feeling this way. I don't know if this is normal. Like, is this yeah. okay? And I think parents need to bring back that responsibility instead of putting it on teachers. And mm -hmm. I mean, do you really want them to influence your children? in that big of a way, you right. know, like keep them to being teachers of, you know, mathematics, literature, and things like that. Unless they go to private school, they have Bible time. But even in those areas, we see that parents really put the responsibility on teachers, you know, and we're home. Yeah. What are, are you asking your children? What do they see at school? What are they learning? What are their friends talking about? You know, um, my mom was really big on that. Like, you know, how are your friends? How is it when you go over? How are their parents? Mm -hmm. Are they home? Are and yeah. those are just yeah, just stay connected. Yeah, be connected. Don't do it anymore, and it's it's amazing to me. And so um, I have a friend who said I started feeling a certain way when I was younger, and I had nobody to talk to. So I just started taking those feelings and and pursuing them, and and mm -hmm. you know only wanting to date women, mm -hmm. you know, and only wanting to do this. And she's like nobody. She's like, when I asked my parents, they just said, you know, you're growing up, you're growing up. <laughs> you, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's pretty women. You know, yeah, guys are good looking. You, you just keep going, you know, <laughs> instead of really honing in on, you know, what's behind it. Yeah. And I think that's right now in our generation, especially with kids being home, this is a great opportunity to yeah. really ask. Well, it can be a great opportunity or it could be a horrible <laughs> yeah. yeah, depending on how you use it. Yeah. yeah.
No, absolutely. Oh my gosh, Cecilia, that was, that was some really good, like honest conversations is what, Mm -hmm. and that's what we want to have here because I feel like these are topics that we're so scared to dip our toe in, especially um, as Christians, you know, and it's really hard because I don't think people want to have honest conversations about it, you know, and we want it to just be one way. And unfortunately it's not. So thank you so much for sharing that. And we just have one last question for you. So what would you tell your 22 year old self? What would I tell my 22 year old self? Ooh, good question. I would tell myself at 22, you're single, travel more. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And uh, save more money, be a better steward, <laughs> and uh, also um, make more time for God. Mm-hmm. I feel like when we're younger, we try to do you know a thirty minute, and really, we have all the time in the world. So He gives us all His time. Give Him some time. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much. Where can they find you on social media, and how can they get your book? Okay. So social media, I'm on Instagram and what else? Facebook under Cecilia Rubio hyphen Watkins, never hyphenate your last name. (laughs) (laughs) Tell her 22 year old self, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, Instagram, Facebook. And I also have a website, www.ceciliarubiowatkins.com where you can purchase a hard copy. You can also get soft copies on Amazon, Target, Walmart, Barnes and Noble, you name it. If you put it into your search born with purpose, it will come up and you can purchase it. Um, so yeah. Thank you so much for being on today and 24 Carat Chat. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope that you will like, subscribe, and share. And until next time, sparkle on. Bye, peeps.